Welcome to Otani Comes to America, a podcast about the two-way baseball player, Shohei Otani, who is taking the nation by storm. I'm Jack. And I'm Kev. So we're recording this All-Star Week on Wednesday, July 14th, 2021, after Otani has just participated in both the Home Run Derby and the All-Star Game, which we're going to talk about those in depth later on but just to start out I mean that on top of how he finished the first half leading the league in home runs and other aspects I mean last episode I feel like we were talking about the height was reaching its peak but now it's just exploding bursting at the seams I think last episode we were looking at Shohei and his hype as like a water cup you know (laughs) and it was almost getting filled to the brim we're like oh shit we always wanted the glass full right (laughs) but then you just kept pouring water you know (laughs) now now it's just overflowing and it doesn't stop and he's just out there his name is out there talking about athletes from other sports talking about him athletes from baseball alone saying how he's their favorite athlete at the moment and stuff shout out to tatis who said that i believe we know CC, ex-Yankee, the God. It's like, he's been saying it for a while now, like how <laughs> talented and special this dude is. I mean, he calls him the best baseball player of all time, so. See, when I think the first time he said that, it was kind of like, shit. Like, like <laughs> I know what you're saying, CC, but calm down, you know, like, relax. <laughs> and now it's almost like Shohei is proving that point. And now that I didn't want him to prove it, obviously, I mean, we're doing this podcast for a reason. We believe in that, too. But it's like, yeah, let's go. Like, it's actually happening. He's doing it. CC, I'm happy you're right. And now sometimes when I even hear, like, the Babe Ruth comparison, I'm like, yo, can we stop talking about the Babe? Like, that dude's kind of ass compared to (laughs) Shohei. Like, you know, like, the tables have turned. And it's kind of weird to say that. Yeah, no, I was actually going to bring up the same idea of, especially during All-Star Week, you know, where they're trying to reach a national audience. But just in general, too, of course, he always gets compared to Babe Ruth. Part of me likes that idea because, you know, Babe Ruth is a figure that anyone knows, even if you're not a sports head, period, let alone baseball. But even with that in mind, Otani is one of a kind, paving a new path. So I think he stands on his own. And, you know, you're talking about other athletes calling him out. There was J.J. Watt who mentioned, you know, he doesn't think enough people are paying attention to him. I forget if we talked about Kevin Durant last episode, but he also mentioned Otani. And among other baseball players, like you said, during the All-Star festivities and even before that, when any reporter asked them, like, oh, who's your MVP for the season so far? Or who's your favorite player to watch? Just Otani comes up every single time. Marcus Stroman, I think, had my favorite one where he said Otani's a mythical legend in human form. And he talks about how after his games, he's running to his phone to check and see what Otani did on the night, which I think is just like a funny image to picture in your head. Like he finishes his own start and he's just like, oh shit, what did Shohei do? I want to see. Like you don't really see that that often or at least hear players talking about it that way it's like fascinating to hear fascinating to see so that's kind of a 
state of Shohei to start things off, but if we get into some of the details of how he's been doing, you know, we're basically at the quote-unquote halfway point of the year, not exactly in terms of games, but this is pretty much what people call midseason with the All-Star break. So let's start off with pitching because I think that's kind of the more interesting first thing to look at. We all know he hits dingers, so with the pitching stats, you want to run through his numbers at the moment? So, so far, Otani has pitched in 12 games. Decent number. Yeah, I don't think he even hit that many in, well, definitely not last year. He pitched like three games, but... This is the most he's pitched in the season, I believe. But with that said, that comes to about 67 innings. 3.49 ERA, so that's earned run average. Yeah, which would have been even lower if not for one start especially, which we'll get into. But even with that, it's still a great number. Yeah, that's still pretty good, especially in a season where ERA is through the roof for some people. Except for like three pitchers who are fucking freaks. But (laughs) in those 12 games and 67 innings, he has a record of 4-1. and That's four wins, one loss. Also pretty good ratio right there. Especially considering how bad the Angels' bullpen is. But that's something we'll also get into later. He's allowed six home runs, which is insane. 35 walks. It's a little high, but sometimes when you throw at his speed, you lose a little bit of control every now and then. And he's been getting better later in the season with walks, too. Not yet. It's getting a little better. But this is a pretty nice stat right here. We only mentioned 67 innings pitch, but he has 87 strikeouts in those 67. Also a really good ratio. And we'll go into some of the individual starts in a sec, but real quick while we're on the broader stats, a big conversation topic this year in MLB and especially in the last month has been the ban of sticky stuff, quote unquote, with things like spider tack and etc., which allow pitchers an unfair advantage, although they're also jumbling it in with sunscreen and rosin and other stuff. We're not going to go into the exact details, the too nerdy stuff, but basically it's impacted a lot of pitchers. Their spin rate has gone down and they haven't been pitching as well. Not everyone, but a bunch of them have at least seen some sort of decline. But with Otani, he's not shown any of that and he even said himself like I'm still new here I'm still doing the same thing I did in Japan I think it is worth mentioning just because if we were doing a podcast about any other pitcher in the league there's a good chance that this would be a much bigger thing to bring up where we didn't even have to bring it up because it's not affecting him but it's just more the fact that he is an outlier is notable this might be something that actually ends up benefiting him, uh, assuming that obviously he's been doing this without the sticky stuff and doesn't really need it, doesn't get affected by it. Where other pitchers hate to use him as an example, like Garrett Cole, who actually just had a really good start, but has been struggling since the ban has been put up. Where, let's say before the ban, you'd put Garrett Cole way above Otani when it comes to pitching, even though they have similar stuff when it comes to speed and whatnot. But now you can almost start putting them in the same range. Yeah. Now, like, the playing field is leveled, I guess. And, you know, like, the stats and everything else just it's going to end up averaging out and settling at a point where he'll be up there with the best. And 
good for him i guess you know and he's also still just improving in general like this is obviously the best season he's pitched so far and i think he'll only keep getting better as long as he stays healthy yeah i mean let's not forget like he is still technically fresh off of tommy john and this is something that takes a long time to get back to like a hundred percent like maybe right now he's like at 95 maybe 98 but there's still probably room for improvement we last recorded on may 16th and the start he did right after that on may 19th his velocity was down and he got taken out after not even five innings and said his body was just feeling a little heavy and sluggish but you darvish who is another great pitcher for people who don't know and also from japan he tweeted after that start that in the years following his tommy john surgery he also sometimes experienced that kind of drop in velocity it wasn't a problem that's kept going since but it is worth mentioning just because maybe he will sometimes occasionally have starts like this where his velo is down and everything but still wasn't even like a terrible start only had two earned runs and all that but yeah i think in that road from tommy john there'll be the occasional bump along the way again it's like part of the process the start after this one it's kind of funny like something happened he was scheduled to pitch on may 27th again but that got postponed because the boy and i think other teammates as well were stuck in the BART? Well, they got stuck in traffic crossing over from San Francisco to Oakland. Oh, take the but bar- yeah, yeah, then they had to take the BART, which is just crazy. Like, imagine you're on the equivalent would be the New York City subway. I mean, I hope people knew who he was because, yeah, it's like special. <laughs> this dude just looks superhuman, you know? Freaking tall as hell, just buff, Asian dude, looking like a superstar. And a supermodel. Yeah, he could do it all. I mean, in and outside of baseball, so... I'm pretty sure it would have been a sight to see for sure. Like some mouths were open. And <laughs> so with that said, he didn't pitch that day because he couldn't make it in time to warm up. You know, there's a whole process that pitchers go through before they start. So his start got pushed off to the next day. The velocity came back through six innings, only three earned runs, three hits. He did have four walks, which again, he has a little bit of control issues every now and then. Yeah, and there was also one part where he threw a ball kind of inside to Mark Canna on the A's and Canna got upset and was almost looking like he was trying to start a fight or something and Otani in typical fashion is just kind of laughing and giggling like and then Canna realized eventually like yeah yeah I know it's just kind of a joke I got a little startled from how close it was but it was just amusing I get both sides if you're Canna you're probably like bro relax you're throwing gas right now <laughs> obviously i could get hurt and then if you're Shohei, you're like bro it wasn't on purpose <laughs> my bad i'm talented like this just, <laughs> just just take the base then in the next start june 4th against the mariners it was his first walkless start you know we we're talking about that control he got it underhandled there and he also had 10 strikeouts so six innings two and in runs four hits And only on 76 pitches. So that was like one of his best starts of the year for sure. I'd argue and say this is probably like his best start ever. In terms of stuff being condensed, like precise. After that, next start was 
June 11th versus the Diamondbacks, who are basura at the moment, straight trash. <laughs> this was also Shohei's first career start in the NL Park. He gets the bat, but <laughs> jokes on them, he bats all the time. So, ended up pitching five innings, only two earned runs. Did get eight Ks again, but two walks. The next start, June 18th versus the Tigers. Six innings pitch, one earned run, five hits, five strikeouts, one walk on 78 pitches, so not bad. Yeah, yeah. June 23rd, they play against the Giants. It's the first time that Otani pitched back-to-back starts after a five-day break. They usually give him, like, an extra day or, I don't know, you get stuck in traffic and (laughs) can't pitch. You know, there's always something, but... Yeah, I mean, usually it's been a week even because they do, like, a six-man rotation. There's a day off, so... Yeah, and this time put to the test again like it seems like they're working on stuff and we're seeing that he can do it um and he did the start he also threw 100 pitches uh first time he's done that since having tommy john uh, if you guys don't know 100 pitches is kind of that mark or like Ugh, like it's a lot and we gotta take you out but kind of also shows that like the angels are starting to feel confident they're not babying him as much as we're used to seeing them do with him which is also a good sign this was his second highest pitch count ever in the MLB. I know it's still a short career, but again, signs of improvement. So that's always good. Ended up throwing six innings, only one earned run, which is pretty good. Give up six hits, but nine strikeouts, two walks. Ended up with 105 pitches. And this is against the Giants, who were arguably top five, if not the best team in the league. Not saying they are the best, but they have one of the best records. And definitely up there for this year so far. So to limit them to one run is pretty good. And then next start, I actually went to this game. This was against the Yankees. And he pitched in like the third game of the series. He had been hitting several home runs right before that in the quote-unquote house that Babe Ruth built. Let's just say I went to his worst uh, start of the year. Didn't even pitch a full inning. His command, which we talked about, just was not there for whatever reason. Gave up four walks, seven earned runs, which some were, you know, after he left the game. But yeah, this was uh, very disappointing to say the least. I was hoping at least to, you know, see a volume of innings if he got roughed up. So to not even see him get out of the first sucked as someone who was there and Of course, you feel bad for him. But this is obviously an outlier to how he's been doing the rest of the season. You're kind of due to blow up here and there with a bad game. Just a kind of tough break, especially this was his first start in Yankee Stadium too. So I'm sure he was feeling pressure as well. But it was also a crazy game. Like There were multiple rain delays. I left during the second one and then... The Angels came back from seven runs to win it in the ninth on a Jared Walsh grand slam off Chapman. So basically, they saved Otani from even getting the loss in his worst game. But People say that it felt like Babe Ruth was there, you know, (laughs) and that's why he was shook. But yeah, moving on to his next and last start since we recorded this. July 6th versus the Red Sox, coming off his worst performance didn't disappoint. I mean, they also switched it up a little bit. Joe Madden decided that he wanted to throw in there uh, 
Max Stassi instead of Suzuki just to try it out. Ended up working pretty well. He ended up throwing seven innings, only two earned runs. Didn't have many strikeouts, only four, but he didn't walk anyone. Good performance on 89 pitches. Yeah, I mean, seven innings is great length for him, and especially 89 pitches, that's a nice count for that. And the Red Sox, like the Giants, are also one of the top hitting teams in the league this year, so makes it even more impressive. And one thing to note with those last two starts, also the Yankees game, like I said, was in the Bronx. Red Sox game was at home, and I didn't pull the stats because I just was thinking about it, but they were talking in some broadcast, and it's kind of been clear that when he pitches at home, he's just so much better. Like, he's still been decent on the road, except for that Yankee start, but when he's at home, he really feels at home. So I think that's just worth noting to be aware of. And I think it was important that he had this great start before the break, because if he would have had two bad back-to-back starts before the break, that would have not been nice momentum. So it just proves even more that the Yankees won was just a bad fluke. He's definitely become one of those must-watch starting day pitchers, so good to see him performing there. Yes, sir. You heard about the pitching. Let's move on to the hitting. Probably where Otani's the strongest. Not to overshadow, I guess, his pitching, but so far, he's at 297 at-bats, which means he's on pace with everyone else. He's getting his at-bats in. 82 hits, .276 batting average, with 33 home runs, league leading, I have to mention that, (laughs) league leading, 33 home runs, 70 RBIs, 12 stolen bases, the boy got wheels too, we know that. That OPS though, better than all-star level at 1.058, and an impressive 5.5 war, wins above replacement, all these numbers are up there with the best, we all knew he could hit, we all wanted this. But none of us really expected him to be doing this good. I mean, if someone told us going into this year, like, all right, guys, we're here from the future. Otani, he'll hit 33 home runs all year. Even if they said all season, we would have been like, damn, he did great. Solid. This is at the all-star break. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I was going to bring up. Like, I'm pretty sure, you know, that episode we did with the predictions and what we wanted from him. I don't remember. I I could be completely (laughs) wrong. But I think I said, like, 30... 35 is like great like i'd be extremely happy but this dude's at 33 our predictions next year is gonna be like 100 home runs (laughs) 2000 opiates (laughs) yo for real uh but again i know we were also being careful we've gotten burned by otani before you know yeah exactly we come from pain and experience with otani we weren't just talking out our asses but yeah, it's super impressive. But on top of that, it's just not home runs. Like, the dude's just killing extra base hits. He has 56 in total. Leading the league there, too. I know it has to do with, like, his exit velocity, which is so freaking impressive. Like, everything he hits is just smacked on the barrel. His launch angle's great. Like, this dude's getting the warning track, hitting the walls all the time. He has the wheels for it. Like, it's just overall impressive. He's like an extra base hit machine. Some other home run notes real quick. To put into context, only one player over the last 20 years has hit more home runs before the All-Star break, and that was 37 in 2013 by Chris Davis. 
He's also tied for the most home runs before the break ever by a player born outside the U.S. with Sammy Sosa in 98. He's the fastest Angels hitter to ever reach 25 home runs in a season. He did that in 77 games. And he's also now already by the break the player with the most home runs in a single season for any Japanese-born player beating out the Godzilla Hideki Matsui. So just keeps breaking records left and right. I was actually at the game that he hit, I think, his fastest of the year, which was like over 117. It was against oh, the yeah, Texas I remember Rangers. It was like a laser shot into the corner, right? Laser, bro. It left like in a second and a half. It was already <laughs> in the stands. It, it made no sense. So yeah, like the dudes of bees, uh, obviously we're recording this right after the All-Star Week and I just hope he continues it. Uh, I know, as we mentioned before, we kind of will get into it, but he was part of the Home Run Derby and that has a little bit of a history of messing with people's swings and their post-All-Star performances, but just because of how he is and his swing, I don't think it'll affect him as much. And we haven't recorded since it was announced that he was going to be in it. I forget if we talked about the possibility last episode. I think we did. But we've definitely done an episode a couple of years ago when it was a possibility where we were talking about that kind of pro and con of it would be so exciting for him to do it. But there's also that risk of injury or decline like you were mentioning. So, I mean, for me, when I first heard he was doing it, I was obviously super excited i didn't think it was gonna happen really not because he's not good enough obviously but just because the angels are so careful with him but i'm glad they let him do it and in the actual derby i mean he was who everyone was watching for he was who everyone came to see without him in it the derby would have been so much less exciting this year And he didn't win it, but he still put on arguably the best round of the tournament, which we can talk about in a sec. But what were your thoughts initially when it was announced and then for the actual thing? Yeah, I think you said it pretty well. Stuff that we've talked about before, we've kind of like hoped and wished that it happened one day. And I believe you were the one that hit me up like, yo, he's in it. I don't even know how I found out, but I think it was you. And I was just like, wait, no way. Like, is this happening? Like, this soon? Because there was always a chance that he was going to do it. But, you know, later on, when the Angels didn't care about him or when his contract was about to be over, something like that. But nah, we got it right now. Like, prime time. But yeah, the hype. The hype was real. I mean, he has done the Derby before in Japan in 2016. So it's not like he has no experience with this type of thing also. Yeah, that's true. And I guess that's part of it. Like, we've seen that he could do it. But I know it's a whole other monster here. And, like, the spotlight is on you. And everyone's ready for it. Um, First Derby competitor to have started as a pitcher, you know. Which is fucking insane. Like, (laughs) even just saying that right now. It's like, oh, yeah, a pitcher in the Derby? Sure. First Japanese-born player to do it. They announced that the boy, the man... Ipe was going to be the catcher, which I thought it was a joke the whole time until, like, <laughs> it actually happened and Ipe's out there, you know, in his everyday outfit, you know what I mean, lounging around with a mask. And that shit yeah, was he looks so small there. <laughs> Bro, he, hey, he crunches up. That boy's flexible. He was <laughs> nice and grounded, uh, but it was pretty fun to watch. 
And yeah, they were in Coors Field. The elevation is up there, so that means the balls are going to be flying. Ended up also having another problem, which I didn't even think about. But it's that, you know, the air's thinner, so you kind of gas out a little faster. Right. But it made it made for a fun home run derby for sure. Otani was the number one seed. They did it based on the amount of homers you have so far out of the people who decided to participate who were invited. And he was matched up with Childish Bambino, a.k.a. Juan Soto, who is 22 years old for people who don't know, but he's been a beast already in the past few years in the league. And even though Soto was the eighth seed, I mean, how are you feeling? Because I was like, oh man, this is a really tough first round matchup. Whoever did it was terrible. Like they shouldn't have matched them together. <laughs> they should have put them separate and then have them go to like the semis to right. possibly match up. I mean, technically whoever they were facing could have beat him, but you want to build that hype at least and not just start it off that way. Ended up being arguably the best matchup. I mean, it was definitely the closest and craziest round. They basically went to a three-part tiebreaker. And this is after Otani started hitting and he was hitting a bunch of ground balls. I mean, he was laughing it off and stuff, but he was not getting the lift on the ball. And then at one point it clicked and he was able to tie up Soto. They went to a tiebreaker. Otani looked like he was going to win, but then couldn't get the winning home run off in time. So they had to go to the third part, which was like a three-part swing-off. Soto somehow hit all three over the fence, and Otani missed on the first one, so that was it. But it was definitely the most entertaining round of the tournament, I think, and at least in terms of a competitive level. And like you said, Otani definitely seemed tired after, so it was maybe for the best that he didn't go any further because he kind of used up his energy. Yeah, it was... For sure a fun one, because at least from jump, like you mentioned, he started hitting ground balls and line drives, and he's, like, throwing his head back and laughing, or, like, all right, he might be giving up. Like, (laughs) it is what it is, but he's having fun. Like, he's not taking it to heart. But then he starts hitting them, catches up, or is, like, about to catch up, and, like, I start getting nervous. Like, my friends are texting, you're texting. Like, everyone's kind of going crazy. Like, oh, shit, what's (laughs) happening? tiebreaker same thing like in between there's like shots of otani like on the ground like catching his breath saying like he's kind of gassed but i mean soto hits and then he hits and again like it goes to another one it's almost like some nba triple overtime shit like oh yeah. you don't see this often <laughs> players are gassed like what's about to happen and yeah soto went off like didn't miss hit bombs and at least for me my thought was Dude, you have a whole game tomorrow to play. You're starting pitcher. <laughs> like, you're batting one. Like, let it go. Like, you're going to have to face Pete Alonso even if you want to win this. That's kind of how it happened. He missed his first swing. And, but still, it was, like, the most, like, nerve-wracking round, I'd say, for sure, in the whole derby. I mean, he got a motivational call from Trout in the middle of a break. He got Ken Griffey Jr. snapping his photo on the sideline. This was the spectacle that it was supposed to be even if he lost yeah he had the hype uh even like in other group chats and other friends that i have he was like the favorite like oh shit otani he's about to come up like the bombs he's gonna hit and i by no means would even call it like underperforming it was just 
different again like he put on a show he made the most fun round even though he didn't win it was cool to see how like everyone knew they were like witnessing like the god himself you know yeah so that was pretty cool i also just saw i thought it was interesting after that supposedly from when he was announced to being in the derby to the actual event itself he got four hundred thousand new followers on instagram and he's now about to hit a million if he hasn't already by the time this is out but that's pretty crazy of a bump and i just gotta say otani post more on instagram yeah i'm i'm surprised like Ipe could do it for him no yeah like hire someone Ipe, Ipe's little brother someone you know <laughs> like keep it within the family you know uh but i'm like surprised he isn't there yet and i know that part of it is that like i don't think he's social media driven uh or even has a team for it because he easily could and maybe it's something that after this since we are even noting it right now maybe it's something he's gonna notice and take more advantage of but that is an insane number i mean i do think he is like this week for the all-star stuff he was out there showing face like being an ambassador for the game so i think he's open to doing stuff more like that so As long as someone can convince and show him like, hey, this is part of growing the game is doing it on social media, then maybe he'll be like, oh, okay, maybe I'll post some more often. But yeah, and then going into the next day with the All-Star game, even beforehand as part of this kind of showing face thing, they had this quote-unquote purple carpet, which purple for the Colorado Rockies where it was, but he was out there rocking his Hugo Boss suit, which, by the way... This man makes the most in the MLB in sponsorship money. He makes six mil a year. Not surprising, but it's just pretty crazy that he's already making the most. And I feel like you don't even see him doing all that much. Like I see the occasional commercial, but I guess it's like all Japan stuff, but still. Yeah, I was going to say it's probably a lot of Japan stuff. And again, this kind of links up to what we were just mentioning that this is what he's doing without that social media presence. Like, if he had, I don't know, 10 times the amount of followers, this number is only going to keep growing. So Yeah, and that's more than he's making with his contract right now. And even with Pete Alonso, he made more off these two derbies than he's been making from the Mets, which is... There's all sorts of stuff with both young players and foreign players when they initially come over where teams get away with murder for what they pay but that's a whole other conversation so going back to the purple carpet that we were talking about there was even a part where a reporter got him to say hola dominicana on there which was kind of funny yeah we already know we love to see otani speak spanish Uh, (laughs) every time he does that ipe gets nervous because you know it's one less job he has to do (laughs) And we've been saying it, like, oh, maybe you're not comfortable with the English, but just speak Spanish, like, the whole time, and we're cool with that. And then in terms of the actual All-Star game himself, I think you brought up briefly, but he was announced to be the starting pitcher and the leadoff hitter, which is, again, like, there's so many of these things that they start to, you know, water each other down, but that's a pretty crazy thing and historic thing to do. No player has even been made an all-star as both a pitcher and a position player before, period, let alone the starter. So 
Yeah, because sometimes you hear some of these stats or like, you're like, oh, whatever, it's so technical. But Otanis are like, holy fuck, like this is actually impressive. Right, it's not just cherry picking, like this is right. a major thing. I wonder what season we're going to go up to where we no longer have a first player to do this. Or right, right. First time in history to do this because it's insane. There's, I'm pretty sure, plenty more coming even this season alone. And this was a second, not a first, but he's the second Japanese-born pitcher to start the All-Star game. Hideo Nomo did it in 95, who's also a legend, but that's still pretty wild. And speaking of Japanese pitchers too, Yusei Kikuchi from the Mariners, who went to the same high school as him in Japan, also made the All-Star team. So of course they had some photo ops together as well. But when it comes to the actual game... Like we mentioned, boys batting leadoff, which Sonny should probably be batting leadoff every day for the Angels. Um, just saying. But <laughs> he didn't do much with the bat. He grounded out twice. Both to the right side. Obviously, wanted to see something in the air, even if it didn't leave the park, you know, just for excitement purposes. But yeah, at least it didn't strike out. So that's positive out of a negative. And this is also just for people thinking about it who aren't necessarily baseball fans like remember this is the all-star game so you have the best pitchers the best hitters so even though Otani's one of the best hitters he's facing top level pitching so it's not like home runs are flying left and right during the all-star game yeah no you're, you're facing every team's number one ace pretty much which we know he has success against but can expect that every time but on the other side on the mound a 14-pitch first inning, went 1-2-3, threw a questionable pitch to Tatis, who was actually mad that he didn't hit it out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> took him almost to the warning track, very deep in the outfield, which was a pretty fun matchup. Uh, outside of Otani, Tatis, to me, is like the second most must-watch on the MLB at the moment. A yeah, super exciting player. But this was like a cool outcome. It was... Like, Otani got him out, but he also, like, showed, like, ah, I could I could kind of hit. Yeah. But, you know, it was, like, a happy in-between. Um, yeah, and Otani even threw a 100-mile-per-hour pitch, so first time since first start of the year. I think he knew, like, yeah, I'm only pitching one inning, so just let it fly, you know? Yes, sir. He only pitched that one inning. He stayed in a bit to hit for one more at-bat. But that's pretty standard in terms of there are some pitchers who go multiple innings in the All-Star game, but typically they try to limit it. And especially since Otani was tired from the day before with the Derby, they weren't going to overdo it. But we were talking, you know, after the Derby, we weren't sure if he'd have the energy for it. And he seemed fine. So I think that was a good sign. And on top of that, I mean, I know the rules are a little different for the All-Star game, but he is technically the winning pitcher for the game. That is because he started the game, and by the time he got taken out, the AL already had a lead. Yeah, a winning all-star pitcher. It was just a success front to back for this all-star stretch. Like, Even though he didn't win the derby, even though he didn't hit a home run in the all-star game, he still put on his own show, and he was definitely at the center of attention. Yeah, I'd call it even more of a success. Uh, this almost felt like 
Otani weekend, not even All Star weekend. Yeah. Um, even though it's during the week, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the whole time leading up, it was like, Otani this, first player to do this, you know, like all the stats we kind of just went through. And during the games, during the derby, it was like, oh shit, Otani's coming up, Otani this. Like we said, his round was probably the most special one. It was always like his name was in the conversation. The The announcers were on him. Griffey was talking about him. Like his name, I feel like you heard it every five minutes at least compared to everyone else every minute yeah like it was he was easily the center of attention even though he probably wasn't even in the game or in that round it doesn't matter like we were talking about him yeah just putting his name out there more households like like for those who aren't aware to find out who he is and how special he is and 100 percent success like no complaints all right and then to finish off the episode just recapping how the Angels have been doing in general since we last recorded in mid-May. Right after that, Mike Trout went down, went to the IL, has been on there ever since. I think he's still due to be back pretty soon after the All-Star break. Nothing confirmed yet on exact timing, but that'll be nice to have him back. They've been doing decent for especially not having him. They also had Justin Upton go out too, who was performing well. They're basically one game over 500 at the break. Still kind of in the playoff race, at least for a wild card. They're close with the Mariners and other teams. They've been just basically an average team for the most part. Some sparks here and there, but then also like Angels gonna Angel, where they just mess up in dumb ways too. The rest of the Angels, at least when it comes to hitting, Jared Walsh. Also made the all-star team. The boy is killing it. Uh, that game you went to was one of the clutches yet most heartbreaking moments for me to watch and witness. But he hit a... It was a grand slam, right? Yeah, and that was after he already hit a home run earlier in the game, too. Which, that one I saw, but I wasn't there for the ninth inning grand slam. I can't even hate on the dude. Like, I really like Jared. Like, this dude is nasty. He has a pretty swing. He also hit a home run that game I went to, I believe. So I'm a fan, possibly future Yankee. You already know. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't hate on future Yankees. But yeah, he's he's killing it right now. Uh, David Fletcher has made a bit of a comeback after having a bit of a struggle earlier in the season. I think since the beginning of the season, we realized like, oh, this isn't the same David Fletcher we we know and love. Uh, hip groin issue, but it's coming back around for sure. Yeah, I mean, he's in the middle of a 24 game hitting streak right now. Not saying he's going to catch DiMaggio, but regardless, like he's brought his average back up to over 300. I think in this hitting game streak stretch, he's hitting like over 400, so he's just on a roll. You got Rendon, uh, a.k.a. the Kawhi of baseball. <laughs> <laughs> he's just been plagued this season with like injuries. The dude cannot stay off the I.L. Other than that, his season is very eh, you know, even when he's playing... Obviously, he's not 100%, so it is what it is. Hopefully, he gets better. Justin Upton, another super injury-prone player. I feel like along with Otani, he's always been in the injured list as well. Uh, Obviously, not as serious, but always something. Uh, Is he still hurt currently? Yeah. mm -hmm. Close to coming back, but yeah. Yeah, Max Stassi, kind of overperforming, doing good. It's probably their 
future catcher. Like, I don't know how much they're going to keep Kurt Suzuki for, but yeah. it's always a good sign. Uh, he's probably the future for the Angels, at least for the next year or two. Phil Gosselin has been doing his thing, uh, batting 308. It's only 120 at-bats, but it's pretty good for him. Then they have Jose Iglesias, a.k.a. Simba's replacement, Anderson Simmons. We knew he had a good glove. I think it's something we mentioned like on the first episode of this season. But he's also overperforming with the bat. He was also one of the players that killed the Yankees that series uh, with a couple home runs. Yeah, he's batting over 275 and has been, in my opinion, like a great replacement for Angleton Simmons. Yeah, I mean, recency bias, he made a couple bad mistakes this past week, especially in this one Mariners game where he like ran into Fletcher on one play that was like a double play which was weird and some other stuff but who knows what that was maybe he was just tired before the break or something but yeah and then in terms of pitching I mean obviously we got Otani doing his thing of course the ace of the team and when we actually recorded the last episode we were talking about Patrick Sandoval making his first start the next day after we were recording and he's been super solid he was kind of in the bullpen here and there at first but he actually was the pitcher who started that game where Otani missed it against the A's due to the traffic and BART ever since then he's just been super solid he hasn't given up more than three runs in any start since May 12th I think he's their second best starter in my opinion even though he's relatively new Everyone else has been pretty inconsistent. Alex Cobb is super hit or miss. He'll have some really strong starts, but then others he just completely blows it. Andrew Heaney also kind of hit or miss. He had a couple good ones at the beginning of June and then went back to his underperforming stats, has a high year array. Dylan Bundy puked on the mound at Yankee Stadium, got taken out of the rotation after. He's having quite a rough time right now. Even higher ERA, 6.6. Suarez replaced him in the rotation, but he's only made a couple starts so far, so who knows if that'll even keep happening. And Griffin Canning got option to triple A for now. You hate to see it. I still think he has good potential from what we saw his rookie year, but obviously he's going through right now. So, I mean, Angels pick up another starter at least. Their bullpen has been awful for the middlemen and setup relievers just terrible they're named the blowpen because they just blow games for starters all the time so definitely get some more relievers as well but the kind of bright light of pitching otherwise has been the closer Rossiel Atlasius who I mean you called it from the beginning of the season I don't know if on the podcast but at least between us You're like, this dude is nasty, and he's been pretty much terrific all year. Tied for seventh in the league with 19 saves. Like, he's been pretty lights out. Yeah, it sucks because, at least from this pitching and hitting little team recap, you could see, like, the good parts of this team. I mean, obviously, Otani, they have Trout, all that good stuff. Then there's, like, all these other gaps that they still haven't fixed. And, I mean, the Angels are going to be the Angels, you know, like, until they fix little things like this. Which hurts to watch because they're like wasting talent all the time. Yeah. We're a little detached because we're truly Yankee fans. We're just like fan of these players. But this is something that even like the Angels fans 
themselves are like i wouldn't say comfortable with but they just like know and they're like not surprised at and then you take some hope they give you and then they just disappoint you again yeah they're gonna end up they're gonna get close but then at the end the mariners or whoever it is is gonna end up getting the playoff spot and it's like yeah well next year and then next year it's the same shit (laughs) Um, but yeah i mean they did there was the mlb draft that just happened and they drafted 20 pitchers with all 20 picks which is interesting and kind of funny even though they did pass on kumar rocker i guess hopefully one of those pans out at least true yeah i guess you pick (laughs) 20 at least one of them has to be good you know all right so that wraps it up for this episode of otani comes to america and i'm jack you could find me at jack bloom summer summer with an o on everything and i'm kev you could find me at same old kev pretty much everywhere so after a good first half start Good luck in the second half to Shohei Otani, a.k.a. Showtime. A.k.a. Two-Way Shohei. A.k.a. The Greatest Showman. A.k.a. The Anaheim Starboy. A.k.a. The Six-Tool Player. A.k.a. The Double Trouble Ring Slinger Dinger Hitter. A.k.a. Shohei The Money. A.k.a. The Boss of All Clout. A.k.a. Mayamo Otani. A.k.a. Mr. Hot Wheels. Pyong. AKA Shohei got the pop, Shohei got the smoke. AKA Swohei Brotani. AKA the little leaguer of the big leagues. AKA, let me get a number 17, please. What's that? An Apo Taco. AKA MLB the Shotani. AKA the Bart Boy, no Simpson.